women who pastor, women who preach in a church are a disgrace, and they openly reflect opposition to the clear command of the Word of God. As in all the churches of the saints, the women are to keep silent in the churches. They're not permitted to speak. It's disgraceful for a woman to speak. It might be shocking to you to know this, but in a survey conducted in 2017, about 80% of Americans are comfortable with a female pastor. 62% of practicing Christians are open to women pastors. 27% of pastors across this country are women. This is an explosion. In 1962% of clergy were women. The women's movement has basically just erupted in the church. And the last frontier for the movement is the evangelical church. The last frontier to fall victim to the rebellion of feminism along with cultural Marxism. Perhaps women pastors and women preachers are the most obvious evidence of churches rebelling against the Bible. How many genders are there? I think 10. Sex and gender differential. Sure, it's good. It's good? Yes. People is free. Uh... Eight-year-olds cutting off their wiener? Yeah. Good? Yeah. We came number Arca to find out how many genders are there? Two, female and male. Can I be a woman? You? Yeah. <laughs> live your life, do your thing, and leave others alone. Don't go to schools to say to children, I'm a drag queen, I'm transgender. I can be a woman? No. No, no. I kill you. My friends, welcome to the Sheepy Sheared Podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only Austin Creed, and folks, this is a this is a show that I think will encompass all three of these aspects today, because politics and religion are very similar, and they're very hard to fully pull apart, as Aristotle said. You can't really pull them apart. I think it was also M. Andrew, was it? No. It was Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, who said that you can never truly pull the two apart because they're so close together. And someone who tries to do so does not fully comprehend either one. Well, my friends, we're going to talk about why are Christians and Jews converting to Islam? Now, they're not the only ones. Islam is on the rise around the world. Everybody who's seen the numbers knows this. Islam is rising. Uh, The Christians and Jews are tending to decline. There are pockets of places where this is an untrue but for the large portion of the world this is the, this is just the way it is now my friends i want to ask you what is it why do you think this is happening what is it about islam do you think drives people in do you think that it's mainly it's due to birth rates and that's really what it all comes down to i think that's a huge factor no question about it but i do think that if you look at, so the second video, the reason why I played it is because I wanted to show a, a stark difference between the first clip and the second clip. First clip talked about how women are being more and more in leadership positions in the church. Now, whether you agree or disagree with this is not so much the point. The point is that Christianity historically has been one way and we're seeing a change. Whether this change is good or bad is really up to the person because different people have different opinions on it. But when you look at Islam, there's this constant consistency since its conception that has made it very appealing to a lot of people, just as a lot of uh, Mormons um, pull people in because of their family values, their community-orientated community, for lack of a better term, that's that is a huge draw for so many people who are traditional in nature and they're not finding that in the church or in the synagogue. 
Now, in the synagogue, they do a little bit better job at this, but there are a lot of liberal Jews out there. I've met, I know some of them who are very almost indistinguishable from a lot of secular people in the in regards to their politics because they they kind of separate the two. And that just like we've pointed, like I pointed out earlier, it doesn't work very well for most people. They don't like it, which is why the people who are very traditional and Islam has filled this gap. And that's one of the huge reasons why it's on the rise. The birth rates around the world are another big one. But I want to present something to you folks here today. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, let's look at this. So this is the Pew Research Center. The Future of World Religions, Population Growth Projections from 2010 to 2050. This is why Muslims are fastest are, grow, are rising fastest and the unaffiliated are shrinking as a share of the world's population. Let's, keep, let's look down at this. It says, the religious profile of the world is rapidly changing, driven primarily by differences in fertility rates, as we discussed a couple minutes ago, and the rise of youth populations around the world. Uh, among the major religious, uh, let's go down here. It says, but if current trends continue as in it's happening right now, but it takes time for these demographics to truly change. Let's look at this. It says by 2050, the number of Muslims will nearly equal the number of Christians around the world. Now keep in mind, this is what 27 years from now, it's not that long. Atheists, agnostics, and other people who are not affiliated with any religion, through increasing, though increasing in countries such as the United States and France, wow, I would have guessed maybe the United Kingdom, with, will make up a declining share of the world's total population. In other words, the atheists, agnostics, they're, they're going to decline heavily. Continuing, the global Buddhist population will be about the same as it was in 2010. So they'll stay stagnant. While the Hindu and Jewish populations will be larger than they are today. See, again, the fertility rates are a big reason of this. The traditionalism, which is dying out in the Christian church, is showing up in the synagogue and in the mosque. In Europe, Muslims will make up 10% of the overall population. That's nonsense. Much higher than that. Uh, India will retain a Hindu majority, but also will have the largest Muslim population of any country in the world, surpassing Indonesia. Now, for those of you who don't know the history of India, Pakistan was created because the, uh, the Hindus didn't like the fact that the Muslims, the, the Hindus and the Muslims didn't get along very well, to say the least to keep a PG. So I believe it was Gandhi. Yes, the same Gandhi that you know of, Mahatma Gandhi. He was a big advocate of the founding of Pakistan. In other words, giving the Muslims a part of what was used to be India and just kicking them the hell out because they didn't think they could coexist together. That's a little history lesson, a little history lesson with your boy Austin Creed. Let's keep going. In the United States, Christians will decline from more than three quarters of the population in 2010 to two thirds in 2050, and Judaism will no longer be the largest non-Christian religion in the United States of America. Muslims will be numerous in the United States, will be more numerous in fact, than people who identify as Jewish on the basis of religion. Now, I, I like how they made that distinction because there is that distinction. There's a distinction between the Hebrew, which is like an ethnicity, not is like, it is, a, it is an ethnicity, and then there's 
Jewish as in there's Judaism. There is that distinction. So when people say that they're they're a Jew, they could mean that they have practiced Judaism or that they have Jewish blood. Doesn't it's not always synonymous, but a lot of times it is. Let's keep going. Four out of every ten Christians they continue in the world will live in the sub-Saharan Africa. Wow. You hear that? Africa will be the bastion of Christianity instead of the West. Do you believe any of this? I have no reason to not believe it. They're, I think they're being a little light in some areas. Let's look at these numbers here. Numbers of people from 2010 to 2015 in billions. For those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'll read the numbers for you. Uh, it says Christians from 2.17 to 2.92 billion people. Uh, Muslims will go from 1.6 billion to 2.76 billion people. Wow, that's more than double. Uh, the Hindus will increase by about 0.25 billion. Unaffiliated will pretty much stay the same. Buddhists will stay exactly the same. Folk religions will decline. will grow by not that much. Wow, my, my friends, this is shocking. But it goes to to hammer home what I'm talking about because. I think this has large... Look at this chart. I'll, I'll read this chart. Mo, Islam is growing the fastest. It says Muslims are the only majority religious group projected to increase faster than the world's population as a whole. Can you believe <laughs> Can you believe this? This is insane. Look at this. Estimated change in population size from 2010 to 2050. I'll read you the numbers. Muslims, 73%. Christians, 35%. Hindus 34, Jews 16, folk religions 11, unaffiliated 9, other religions 6, Buddhism negative 0.3. Now, again, this is in contrast, this is a contrast to the changes in population size as, in, as contrasted to the increase in the global population as a whole. So in other words, for every baby that is born, if I'm reading this correctly, every baby that is born has a 73% chance of being a Muslim, 35% chance of, and again, this isn't going to equal 100%, but this is very interesting to me because the 35% growth in overall global population will be Muslim. Now, I'm not saying this is good or bad. Actually, I personally don't think it's that good because cultural Islam is, uh, well, you know what? I'll read you something that someone else said. I won't use my words. I'll use Winston Churchill. You heard of him? Winston Churchill? Here, I'll read you what Winston Churchill said about Islam in 1899. Here it is. Now, if you don't like what I'm reading to you, uh, go write uh, Winston, the Winston Churchill uh, Museum, not me. You ready for this? Here it is. How dreadful are the curses which Mohammedanism lays on its votaries. Besides... The fanatical frenzy, which is as dangerous in a man as hydrophobia in a dog. There is this fearful fatalistic apathy. The effects are apparent in many countries. Impoverished habits, slovenly systems of, of agriculture, sluggish methods of commerce, and insecurity of property exists wherever the followers of the prophet rule or live. A degenerate Centralism deprives its this life of its grace and refinement, the next of its dignity and um, sanity. The fact that in Mohammedan law, pay attention now, 
the fact that in the Mohammedan law, every woman must belong to some man as his absolute property, either as a child, a wife, or a concubine, must delay the final extinction of slavery until the faith of Islam has ceased to be a great power amongst men. Oh, I'm not done yet. Again, this is the former Prime Minister of England, Winston Churchill, in 1899. I'll continue. Individual Muslims may show splendid qualities, but the influence of the religion itself paralyzes the social development of those who follow it. No stronger retrograde force exists in the world. Far from being morbid, Mohammedanism is a militant and proselytizing faith and has already spread throughout Central Africa, raising fearless warriors at every step. And were it not that Christianity is sheltered in the strong arms of science, the science against which it has vainly struggled, the civilization of modern Europe might fall as fell the civilization of ancient Rome. So wrote Winston, Chil Winston Churchill in The River War in a two-volume set in 1899. My friends, what do you think about that? I know people don't talk like that anymore. If you if he was on YouTube today, he'd be canceled immediately. He would have gotten thrown off. He would have gotten shamed and, and said, "Oh, how dare you! Oh, you're, you you evil, bigoted, racist man." So that was Winston Churchill in 1899. What do you think about that? What are, what are your thoughts on the matter? Because I'm I'm telling you, can you refute anything that he said? Again, he said some of them can show very splendid qualities, but it is the influence of the religion itself that does the most damage, that produces what we see as the most throwback behavior on earth. Let me remind you of something, my friends, listening to the Sheep Kid Sheer podcast today. Christianity went through the Reformation. Judaism has had many debates and gone through a mild Reformation. Uh, they don't read the, the Torah and the Pentateuch and they don't stone people to death. Christians don't do this either. Christians used to put people to the sword. We don't do that anymore. Jews used to do that as well to them, unless they're the ultra, ultra orthodox. I don't even think they even bother to even believe that, much less do they follow it. But the Muslims do. The Muslims do in the Middle East where they rule, they, they persecute people who are homosexuals. They put women in throwback clothing. They do these things in their mind for their own safety. They do these things. I want to show y'all a video um, because I find it interesting. I think this is a symptom of the, more well, a symptom of the times more than anything else, my friends. And, you know, I, w I want to show it to you because at the end of the day, I think that too often we are too we feel separated like this is happening somewhere far away you know maybe in the middle east somewhere north africa maybe pockets of europe this doesn't affect me in the united states i'm safe i gotta worry about this garbage this is a you austin you're just paranoid you don't know what you're talking about well i i wish i could tell you that's true in fact i would sleep a lot better at night i'll tell you that but my friends this isn't something that's happening in a vacuum I wish I could tell you it was, but it's not. Uh, give me one second. I want to change the settings real fast. Uh, let me, okay. All right, all right. Here we go. 
I want to play this video for y'all right here. Here's, here is why they believe that Christians and Jews are converting to Islam. Here, I want to play this video for y'all. Uh, fair use to, fair use to them on this. Here we go. What is this attraction to Islam? Because it's the truth. With a capital T, because in the end, that's what attracts you. And uh, of course, people have many arguments, many reasons. Uh, for me, uh, I was a practicing Christian. Uh, Allah uh, said this is the only religion in a way, the only true religion. So in the end, we all have like fitrah. The innate disposition to know God. When it comes to Christianity, I think it has to do with, there are there is truth in Christianity, of course, as well, just like there is in Judaism. But it's not the complete truth. And yet, if you meet the real truth, then you recognize Jesus. So, oh yeah, that's it. So for me, it was like, it was really like coming home. A lot of people always say, well, Islam means peace. Uh, but that really is what I experienced. And I still experience when I think of the fact that we have Islam. Um, my friends, I gotta, I gotta correct him. I'm not gonna tell him that his experience is false, but what I will remind him is this. Um, Islam does not mean peace. Yeah, I think it was Barack Obama who also put this motion forward, this idea of uh, Islam comes from the word salam, meaning peace. That is a lie. It stands for submission. Uh, Islam comes from the word submission. Every scholar in the world knows this. Every scholar who's not a liar knows this and says this. Islam does not mean peace. It means submission. It means we will have peace on earth if you submit to the sword. That's what they. That's what they're talking about. Now, again, not everyone is a fanatic zealot of their religion, but like Winston Churchill said, I'm going to pull this up again and I'm going to show it to you again because this is a perfect summary of what I'm saying. Individual Muslims may show splendid qualities, but the influence of the religion. Again, emphasis on the influence of the religion paralyzes the social development of those who follow it. Again, that is my point. People might be, who, they might be a good person who's a Muslim. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a Muslim. It is the influence of the religion upon these people that often brings out the worst. That is the point. But my friends, what do you think about the changing of religious demographics, do you think it's an, of any relevance to America? Do you think that it's a waste of time to focus on such things? What are your thoughts on the matter? If you want to leave in the comment section, whether you're on YouTube or Rumble, feel free. If you're listening on the podcast, the audio only, uh, you can head over there as well. Or anybody can go over to my Twitter page, at SheepGetSheared, and you can leave your comment over there because I will pose this question on the way out, after I've finished editing everything. And if you're seeing this video or listening to the show, the question's most likely live. So, my friends, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, if you think that I'm wrong, you're more than welcome to try to prove me wrong. I presented a lot of evidence to you, a lot of intellectually stimulating points and ideas. So, my friends, in the meantime, I'll leave you with this one question. Why do you believe what you believe? Is it because of the culture that's in the religion or lack thereof that appeals to you? Or is it the religious text itself? What is it about your religious beliefs or lack thereof 
that you find so appealing. All right, my friends, I think that's going to be all for me, all for me today. Uh, God bless you. God bless your family and God bless America. We're out of here. Peace.